Welcome to another episode of Paddling Adventures Radio. I'm your host, Sean Rowley, and with me is Derek Spech. Hello. How's things going this week, Derek? Ah, uh, fantastic, except for my man cold. Oh, your man cold, yeah. I heard uh, you wheezing and hacking and sniffling and snorting and... Ugh. <laughs> Just keep it on over that side of the table, buddy. But it is man cold. Trust me, you wouldn't be able to handle it. Yeah, I know, eh? I just keep on going. I don't worry about it. <laughs> it's what they made sleeves for. <laughs> so, uh, anything exciting this week or just, just that? No, just uh, learning my new job and not liking it. Oh, sorry to hear that. <laughs> Can't have mine. We um, spent the weekend, we got friends we've known forever, and uh, time constraints doesn't allow us to get out much with them and that anymore. So we set aside uh, a day and we actually went down Niagara way and did um, a bunch of the wineries and stuff, distilleries and managed to score myself a, a new bottle of absinthe and uh, some cinnamon vodka. Nice. Yeah, really good. I mean, some of the guys bring the cinnamon whiskey, the fireball whiskey Yeah. on the, on some of the canoe trips for little hot toddies around the campfire at night. And it's a bit harsh, um, a bit too... Remember those those but fireballs as whiskey, right? So yeah, this, and this stuff is a vodka. Yeah, but you remember those cinnamon hearts you used to get as a yes, kid? Yes, yes, that's, that's exactly that's what exactly it what like. it tastes like. Yeah, but vodka instead of the whiskey, and the, yeah. the whiskey makes it a bit more harsh. But this is this is actually really nice. So uh, may have to try some uh, little hot toddies with apple cider <laughs> and and vodka oh, instead of whiskey. Oh, that sounds good. Yeah, yeah. I got uh, remember Glenn from Kitchener. He uh, came on one of my trips last year. And uh, it was October, 10 days up in Algonquin. We had blizzards and everything. And we were sitting around the fire one night and I, I bring the apple cider powder. It's hot yeah. apple cider, right? It makes it's it like hot water. It's hot chocolate or something. Yeah, that's exactly it. But then you throw in some of the some of the whiskey or whatever and it makes it nice, nice, nice and warm. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll have to bring that. That was a, that was a good score for me. That'd be a good drink yeah. for this time of year. Out camping on the water, whatever. Oh yeah, take some on uh, when the winter hits. Do your snowshoe days. Yeah, have a little oh, nip. Yeah. You don't want to be going nuts on it, but a nice no, little nip is, is, uh, is is something. But other than that, yeah, it's just been busy and regular stuff. Getting the kids all organized with their weekly stuff that they're doing, and you know, it's uh, oh, Christmas is a month away. Bite your tongue. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm not a Christmas fan, but uh, I was going to mention Christmas, but then you jumped on me when I mentioned yeah, it earlier. I so know. I thought, oh, I'll stay off that topic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what? This is the first year the kids both have good jobs and are, well, you they, know, part-time jobs. Yeah. Maybe you can buy me something I need instead of, <laughs> hey, uh, dad, here's some socks. <laughs> well, they're thermal socks. But <laughs> here's a tie, dad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cause you know, <laughs> uh, what are you going to do? <laughs> But you, uh, you wear a lot of ties, don't you? Oh yeah, every day and twice <laughs> on Sunday, my friend. Every day and twice on Sundays. Love wearing ties. Um, no, it's just been uh, you know, like I say, busy, normal, day to day stuff, and keeping things going, and keeping the the wife happy and the dog happy, and doesn't poop on my floor, and <laughs> you know, kids doing what they need to do, and just regular old, regular old, I guess. Last time we talked, I. I think I mentioned that I was putting the yard to bed and cleaning things up and getting the fish put away for the winter. And yeah. I'm still doing it. Every time I turn around, there's more yard stuff to do. It's like, oh. So do you wash the fish before you put them away? <laughs> <laughs> no, but I... I'm ac- ac- putting the fish away for this winter. <laughs> I accidentally killed half of them. Really? Yeah, I lost uh, 32 fish. How many fish do you have? Oh, over 60. I used to have over 60. I think I, I think I have, uh, I think I'm down to just around 30 now. You say you had fish in your pond. I'm thinking like five or six fish. <laughs> no. I'm not thinking like you're got your own fishery happening. <laughs> <laughs> no, I have a lot of fish and I used to lose a couple every year when I left them in the pond over winter. And I, I went from like, uh, I used a heater and it was just too expensive. Then I just chopped holes. And that wasn't good enough. And so I just built a huge tank that goes beside my furnace it's uh it's three feet by four feet by five feet it's a Holy big crap. water tank yeah that's <laughs> it's, it's pretty empty this year now i've got some uh, i got some uh, 10 inch kois i've got uh, a bunch of shubanakins some old goldfish and so they were breeding and making their own babies but 
they didn't have any babies this year, and then I almost killed them all. Well, that's why. <laughs> oh, there's this guy. We might as yeah. well forget that because he's just going to kill us all. Yeah. Have you ever thought about putting like perch or bass or I trout was, or what I'm thinking of is garpike, musky, sturgeon. Like I, I hear some people talking about indoor botany or indoor uh, gardens and stuff. Yeah. Where you have the the plants growing and you get the fish in the in the in the tank underneath and it's like this self fulfilling cycle. I'm thinking of trying that out. Really. So you get some tilapia growing in the tank and, and you grow some herbs and plants and lettuce and whatever. And then you have a barbecue at the end of the season. <laughs> yes. Barbecue tilapia with herbs from the garden. Yeah. yeah. All right. <laughs> I see where you're going with this. This is good. If you do it right and you have a diverse <laughs> age of tilapia, then you could probably have one a week or something, right? If you have enough yeah. of them. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not going to eat my koi though. <laughs> wow. Yeah, no, I thought you said you had fish. I'm thinking, okay, well, he's got, you know, five or six <laughs> big koi in his backyard pond. Yeah. I'm not thinking you had a whole school of fish. Like, wow. I tell you, it's hard to flush 30-some fish all at once. Because I scooped, they, <laughs> all, one big they all died at once. And I I just took a bucket and dumped them and flushed them. And I, I wasn't sure they were going to go down at first, but they went. Well, how big are they? Well, the ones that died, the biggest one was about five or six inches. Okay. So they're very small. Like sardines. Yeah, I Maybe guess. Maybe a bit bigger? Yeah. Yeah. What's that? That's, that's what, it, eight inches? For those inches? listening, he's holding up a pencil. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think that. So the bigger ones are... Uh... To our listeners out there, look at this. <laughs> <laughs> I was showing you. <laughs> yeah, that's the kind of week it's been, buddy. <laughs> so I like to measure them in centimeters. It makes them seem longer. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was, it was actually, I was very sad when they, uh, all started popping off. And what it was is I, uh, I didn't properly clean the filter from last year. So it sat with crap in the filter over the summer. And then when I put the filter back into service, it just threw a bunch of really bad bacteria into the tank and they couldn't breathe. And they, uh, by the time I figured it out and cleaned it up, it was about a day and a half later and I lost half of them. So you're a serial killer. Yes. Wow. Serial killer. 31 I mean, fish. I think you know a guy. <laughs> <laughs> Stay on that side of the table, sir. <laughs> it was actually quite sad. They're, they're just fish, but I've had them for years. Well, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Thank goodness the koi are hardy fish because uh, they survived. My koi, which I spent a lot of money on, they, they're the ones that survived the best. Wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> In the summer, if you ever want to go fishing, I have lots of fish in my pond. Fewer now, but... And I'm happy I've got a dog. (laughs) (laughs) We're talking a guy who's got, what, 100,000 fish. (laughs) Well, you know, you see the uh, people with the windows, and they show a dog and a cat on their back window with their kids and stick figures. I was talking to my wife there (laughs) this summer. I was thinking, think we could get 60 fish on our back window? (laughs) (laughs) Put little X's through half of them. Yes, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. (laughs) Oh, yeah, that's the kind of week it's been, buddy. It's definitely <laughs> the kind of week it's been. So, yeah, like I say, it's almost, what, we're one, I guess it's the last full week of uh, November already. Yes. Well, next week's only a half a week. and The uh, end is near. Yeah, yeah, she's winter moving on. Winter is coming. Well, winter's coming. Like I say, the snowshoes are getting ready to go there and looking forward to doing some winter trips and been working on the beard here and uh, <laughs> getting it longer. I'm going to get one of those... Um, the old fur hats with the flaps down the side. The old trapper hats. Yeah. I'm going to get one of those. Think <laughs> about a Hudson's Bay blanket. Well, for me, I want to do, I want to try and get out and do more stuff this winter because like this spring when we did the, uh, the Brent run mm-hmm. and I was out there paddling, I was so out of shape for paddling. It was unbelievable. And I, yeah. I had, I struggled a lot that weekend. It was my first weekend paddling. So I'm, I'm determined to uh, keep my fitness level up this winter so I, I, I'm more prepared to get back into the water in the spring. Well, donuts don't help. No, no. And good thing I avoid donuts. No, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just speaking from experience. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, that's the thing. We got the gym membership now and um, definitely over the summer. They got the rowing machine there, which I really enjoy. So between the, the rowing machine and the uh, treadmill... Yeah. You know, those are the two, the two I actually like to get on and, and go. And, uh, yeah, come spring, you want to, you want to hit the, 
the ground running, so to speak. You don't want to be sitting there for the first month feeling out of shape. and Yeah, or ruin you know. your first trip because you're so sore from exercise. And Yeah. Well, with me, I know it's the cardio that I got I really got to work on. Absolutely, yes. You know. And uh, <clears throat> found out I got shin splints, so that doesn't help either. But, uh, yeah, I just keep going, and you can't settle down during the winter. I mean, a lot of people joke, you know, yeah, this is my... My hibernating, hibernating season, season I right? I gain 20 pounds every winter. Yeah, but then you got to work that hard to lose that before <laughs> yes, before your trips, right? And that's, that's, so yeah, paddling is not a one summer or one uh, season sport. No, it has you to gotta be all You got to keep on all, all you year round. You have to stay round. on top of it. Especially if you do a lot of it. I mean, you got uh, David Lee, the passionate paddler, and Mark in the park. And, uh, you know, those guys are going umpteen trips. Yeah. You know, Jim Baird. Um, they go on so many trips all, all year that they, they can't be sitting back in the winter and just gaining 20, 40 pounds. And how fortunate is it that in this day and age that we, uh, you actually have the spare time to do mega trips and, and do all these extracurricular activities. You know, it's, it's, uh, I count myself lucky that I have the time and to do all these canoe and camping trips. Yeah. It's a good thing to be able to do it. And well, I mean, when you're younger, you're starting your career and you don't have the money to do it, but yeah. as you get older and you can, uh, you, you, uh, start getting some of the gear and some of the stuff and better gear and whatnot that, yeah, you can actually do it. And then your kids go off to school and <laughs> you end up with that extra free time. Cause you're not at the rink every weekend. You know, it really, uh, is, is a good thing. And then hey. you can start living your, your second life. So yes. to speak. Hey, weren't we supposed to go paddling in November? Still November. I know. Yeah. But we were supposed to go paddling. We when never do you want to go? Well, it's too late now for November. Why? have to be December now. Why? <laughs> it's, it's, still, it's still November. <laughs> There's a weekend left. Next week. What are you doing next Tuesday? <laughs> I feel the cold coming on. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah. As long as it's not frozen over, we can still get out. That's for sure. Um, yeah, things have just gotten, uh, like I say, it was majorly busy for a while, but... Uh, didn't even get out in the canoe in November yet, so that kind of sucks. I remember, who was it, you and Marcus? Somebody went canoeing, and the person in the bow was breaking the ice with a hatchet oh. while the person in the stern was paddling. That was a few years back. Was that uh, Mike Burns from Windsor? Mike Mikey does the uh, Cedar Strip canoes. Yeah. But I, know, I know it was Marcus. Yeah. Yeah. Um, was it him, Smedley? I remember them posting pictures of them hammering through the ice. With yeah, the guy's <laughs> got a hatchet leaning over the bow seat. And it He's wasn't like a... it was the start of the trip. They were they paddled in, and then it dropped. It got really cold. And when they left their campsite the next morning, they were iced in along yeah. the shore. But, I mean, it, was, it wasn't a majorly thick ice, no, but it was no. thick enough that you wanted somebody to be breaking it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've only had uh, snowstorms and ice rain. While yeah. I've been on trip, I've never actually had the water freeze around me. Um, one of the uh, drawbacks to canoe tripping, late canoe tripping in in uh, Canada, I guess. Yes, uh, but uh, yeah, it's still good. But uh, speaking, uh, I don't really want to talk canoes this week. I was looking at paddle boards um, to begin with. Are you going to get one? I was thinking of it. We got to rent some next summer. Try them out. Well, well, before we get into that, though, I came across a story. Somebody posted something on my Facebook page that I thought I'd be interested in. And uh, I do believe uh, Rapid Media's Kayak Adventures did a artic- quick little article on it. Um, there's a girl in um, Kansas City, Missouri, Tracy Lynn Martin. And she's looking to do, in a kayak, next, uh, next 2017... Starting end of March, beginning of April, 8,600 miles. It's just a short trip, eh? Yeah, and 265 days. This is going circumnavigating all the Great Lakes, all five of them, five, right? Yeah. Up the St. Lawrence Seaway, around the Gaspé Peninsula, around Nova Scotia, um, along the... Eastern coast, around New York City, up the Hudson River, uh, and back into Lake Ontario, Lake Erie, and back up to uh, near Port Huron, Michigan. 
8,000 from 600 miles. <laughs> is it my it is miles. Miles. And and that's all that's from March until December. Mm-hmm. Single season paddling. 10 months. Incredible. World record. Now the current world record, the official current world record in a kayak or canoe is 3,462.89 miles by this French, uh, sorry, Polish fella whose name I can't oh, pronounce. We should have looked up how to pronounce his yeah. name. I feel bad now. <laughs> Marcin Gienetsko. Gienetsko. Um, it's the Guinness World Book of Records' longest solo journey. But unofficially, the longest solo trip is, and she did this, I think it was last year, Freya Hoffmeister. She uh, circumnavigated Australia, 8,570 miles. So Tracy is going to do 30, 30 miles, miles more. more, but in a lot less days and in one year, So in one season. Freya Hoffmeister, she did it. Now, Freya, she two chunks or three chunks. She, she, I think I recall she'd stop for the winter or something. She stopped for breaks. Yeah, I'm not sure what. So it was, wasn't a was. non-stop trip. Yeah, I don't think it was non-stop. No, but like wait, I say, the Australia one was the Australia one because the other one was uh, she went down and she's South America. She did South America over. Yeah, that three was years. over a couple of years. Yeah. Yes, Australia. I'm not sure, but uh, so she's gonna. But it took it took. 322 days yeah, to do and that hers one. was unofficial so she didn't she didn't work it out with uh, you have to the work Guinness these World things out book. with Guinness ahead of time so yeah. they can track you well that was Mike Ranta did the same and, thing yeah and they to, want everything they yes they want a lot of data from you yeah yeah so that's what she's doing and this goes along our what we've talked about uh, on a few occasions on our show taking your your passion to that next level yes right like she she does the races and, and stuff like that but this is taking it even farther. Yes. Um, through five Great Lakes, um, up and up, up the St. Lawrence and, and around the uh, East Coast. Now, her East Coast leg of the trip is going to be, what, November? Yeah. Um, she's hoping to be in Quebec October, City by November. August. Yeah. September, she's going to be heading up the, the Seaway, the St. Lawrence Seaway. Um, October, she... Uh, yeah, September, she's planning to be around Halifax and Lunenburg and all that through Nova Scotia. And then into October, she plans to be heading down through New York City way and then back up. And then uh, November, she's going to hopefully be back on Lake Ontario. And uh, then December by December, she should be done. That's, but, uh, wow. It'll be cold. It'll be windy. Um, if she's dressed properly and, and whatnot. I think she should be fine. It's a rough time of year to be going, doing coastal paddling mm-hmm. down the eastern and she seaboard. Is, yeah. And she is going to stick close to the shore. She's not cutting across lakes or anything like that. But She's actually circumnavigating yes. all the Great Lakes and stuff. Yes. But the waves and the yeah, winds. Yeah, that would be my concern is uh, when she does the eastern seaboard down from uh, Nova Scotia down to New York City, that's that's some, uh, you can get some bad storms and, and she may be doing coastal, but that's some pretty big waves that could be rolling in on her. She'll have to do that. Yeah. And, and I'm curious, like I, we went through her webpage and we couldn't find out exactly how her support team is going to be following her. We can only assume she's going to be by boat following her, but I'm not sure yet. We have to look that up or at least we haven't been able to find Contact her Contact her and find out, yeah. Yeah. Now, it says she's got her support team, but it doesn't actually say if they're traveling with her. Yeah. Or, or not. So. Because that's a, that's uh and then when, when she comes back, it'll be November, December along the Great Lakes again. And uh, Lakers usually close up shop. They stop traveling the Great Lakes around December, late December. Yeah, it? we were, well, we, well, like I say, we were down in the Niagara way this weekend. And uh, we saw, we saw a few of them in the Hamilton Harbor, a um, couple on the on Lake Ontario, and going through the Welland Canal. Yeah, we saw one in in one of the locks, and uh, yeah, so they're still going through now, and it's end of, you know, end of uh, November here. Um, like Freya Hoffmeister, she had the advantage of doing Australia, so that's it's a warm, war- warmer water, warm water. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's a warm area or closer to the equator. Um, <laughs> Tracy Lynn Martin, she's uh, 
she's chosen a very harsh area to travel. Like for the most part, by the time she, she's going to get her sea legs, she's going to be well, like she's fit right now, but she's yep. going to be super fit by the time she gets most of the way through this trip. But once she hits the uh, St. Lawrence Seaway and then starts passing down the coat, the eastern seaboard, wow, that's going to be tough. If any, it's, that time of year is unpredictable for weather, so... Yeah, and I, you know what, they, there's a little, if you go to justaroundthepoint.com, and point has an E on the end, um, justaroundthepoint.com, there's a little movie that she does, um, she's actually having a documentary, documentary, why do I keep saying it that way, <laughs> a documentary uh, film crew following her to, to put a little movie together at the end, um, and they say, you know, like, is she going to be able to do it, and, and is she going to be fit enough, and that she's going to be tired, and I think it's not the fact that she's going to be tired. I think if if it doesn't happen, it is going to be weather related that stops her. Yes. You know, yes. when you're looking at it, it's, yeah, I mean, it's going to be time. You can take your time. You can catch up, you know, ahead of schedule, behind schedule and whatnot. But at the end of the day, I think it's going to be weather. If anything stops it, it'll, it'll be weather. Well, she's going to, I think, personally, I think she's, I, I've lived in, in, I grew up in New Brunswick and, uh, the weather there on the East Coast is pretty harsh mm-hmm. that time of year. So it's, uh, I'd be concerned for her being out in the open water. So she'll have to have a, a, a some sort of support team in a boat. And I'm sure she's already thought of this. She's been planning this for over two years. Yeah. She's planning it well underway. So it's, I am confident she's she knows what she's doing. Yeah, well, it's, it definitely sounds like she does. I mean, you're, you're looking at all the... The stuff she's got online here and all the all the support, all the sponsors she's got. Like, I mean, there's a lot of people there that are sponsoring her with Yeah, with it's it incredible. All. I was surprised at, at the number of sponsors. She's put, put a lot of effort into this. Definitely has. So if everybody goes to her website, as Sean said earlier, uh, justaroundthepointwithane.com, justaroundthepoint.com, her, uh, on her main page there, she has various maps that shows her route and uh, the timing of the route and and what months she's going to be in certain areas. So it's uh, it's very interesting. She's got a lot of information. It's a very well fleshed out um, website. Yeah, I mean, if, if you want to just go quickly through this, um, she's going to start in the southern end of Lake Huron at the Lighthouse Park in Port Huron. Um, she's going to paddle north along the west side of um, Huron until they reach the sta- Straits of Mackinac and into Lake Michigan. Uh, Lake Michigan, she gives a little stats, 1,640 miles of shoreline. Yeah. From Lake Michigan, they'll travel back across Lake Huron, up St. Mary's River into Lake Superior. Uh, from Lake Superior, back to Huron, and complete the remaining portions of that lake. Um, once the team returns to the southern side of Lake Huron, they'll stop once again at the Lighthouse Park, touching the beach and officially completing the three most massive freshwater lakes in the Americas, which is cool. And then from there, they'll proceed down the St. Clair River across the 26 miles of the St. Clair Lake, down the Detroit River and into Lake Erie. And Lake Erie, they'll go, they'll portage around the Niagara River and into Lake Ontario. Because that'd be a bit of a damper if they, you know, forgot about the... Waterfall that's there. That's a bit of a doozy. Um, in the Lake Ontario, the smallest of five lakes, with only 712 miles of shoreline. From Lake Ontario, they'll proceed into the St. Lawrence River, paddle its entire length all the way to the St. Lawrence Bay, uh, paddle along the coastline of New Brunswick, Prince Edward Island, Nova Scotia, and along the coastline of the Upper East Coast until they reach New York City and the Hudson River. They'll paddle up the Hudson River until they reach the Erie Canal system, which will then return them back to Lake Ontario. And then back into Lake Erie and um, back up into Lake Erie Metro Park, which is south of Detroit. And 8,600 miles, 10 months later, and that's where they'll they'll finish it. So it sounds it's, like quite the... It's quite the trek. Now, they've also said... Um, that if you are interested in helping, said she puts a little note here. Says I will be camping along the shoreline every night for ten months. If you live on the shoreline or along any of the rivers on the above route, which we've just sort of gone through, and you can see it on their site, 
and would not mind having me camp on your beach or property, please contact her. So if you live along the route yeah. on the shore or something like that, you can, or know somebody that does, you know, help her out. If you or someone that you know has any interest in following me for a day or more, or allow me to have supplies shipped to your house and then meet me along the shoreline with supplies, contact her. Any help would be much appreciated. Your name would be added to the website and all that sort of stuff. Um, now, yeah, so we're looking for volunteers and it's, it's quite a logistical thing to <laughs> it do. It is. And I assume also like you, 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 or you would have to assume that, uh, you're not just going to be hosting her. There would be a potentially a, um, doc crew for like a film crew for the documentary. I said, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I got you saying it that way now. <laughs> documentary. <laughs> the documentary. Documentary. Film crew. Yeah. Plus her support team. Yeah, plus support team. So there's going to be a, a maybe a fair number of people, like I mean, between three and six people, depending on any given day. Yeah, depends where she is. Yeah. But uh, if you want to be a part of this, uh, not, you know, check it out and drop her a line and see uh, see which help she can. Even if it's just like they say, having some supplies shipped to your house and you can meet her down at the lake and yeah, you know, drop them off to her sort of thing. To any little bit helps, and uh, I'm sure you know. It'd be much appreciated of the help, but I think this is something we're going to follow. I mean, we we followed uh, Mike Ranta across Canada doing his solo trip. We are we're watching um, Pat Daly, the transient, um, heading from New York down oh, to Mexico. Yeah. Right? I forgot about him. Where's yeah. he at now? He's down through the East Coast still. He's he he's slow. Yes. Right. Really, he seems really a slow. little new at it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's not. He seems very inexperienced. Very much. It looks like he uh, just came up with some idea trying. He's maybe he watches the Outdoor Life Network or something mm. and sees all these crazy things people does and says, "Oh, I want to do that." Yeah. Um, so he, we're following him as well, and uh, you know, it's pretty neat. And like I say, we're always talking about people taking their passions to the next level. And well, she's she does oh, the kayaking. She definitely and, is. You know, she's, she's broken records and, and whatnot. And, uh, she has her own issues to, to contend with, you know, like she's, she's a nurse and she's got three kids and, you know, leaving them for 10 months and putting her job and whole life on hold for 10 months. Well, yeah. you know, this is part of her bucket list. It, it all goes back to her, her mother. If you go to the, the site and whatnot, she passed away from, from cancer and, uh, last, you know, little month or so, two months before she passed, her mother said, you know, she had lots of regrets and stuff that she, she never got do to do. more and didn't do this or didn't do that. And it just got her thinking, I need to do more. And this is one of the things she's wanted to do. So she's taken two years and putting it all together and come the spring, she's going to be doing it and we're you know, hoping the best for her. Hope she is able to accomplish it and, uh, you know, I think, I think we're, we're actually going to see if we can help out somehow. Yes. Um, like you say, we've got uh, places near us that we could put her up for the night and, yep. you know, that sort of thing, sit down with her and have a chat with her and get some supplies to her and make her trip a little bit easier. And uh, maybe what we'll do is closer to the day, if we're going to do something, we'll put the note out there and if a bunch of people want to get in their kayaks and join her for the day on yeah, a nice battle around along. the Toronto way. And I'm sure you see that happen a lot. Like usually when, uh, like right back in the day with Terry Fox, when he did his exactly. ride with, with anybody who does anything epic like this, you have people come out and join them for an hour, two hours a day, whatever, right? Yep. And you know what? It gives her somebody to talk to for a bit or, you know, have a little chat and she takes her mind off being tired or sore yep. muscles and, oh, yeah. and that sort of stuff. So we'll keep an eye on this. And like I said, I'm going to touch base with her and uh, see if we can't help her out come spring. Actually, it'll be, be August by the time she's up uh, east of Toronto. So we'll uh, see what we can do with it, with that. But in the meantime, we'll keep everybody appraised of the situation. And if you want to go check it out, she's got a little movie on her site right now. Yes. Uh, just basically saying what she's doing and why, that sort of thing. But just around the point.com. And again, point has an E on the end. So check that out, and uh, we're definitely interested in keeping our ears open on this and uh, hopefully become involved with it in, at some some point uh, next year. Yeah, so it'll be around March 13th. She picked March 13th because that's the typical ice out date for the Great Lakes. Yeah. But she said she, they'll start earlier if, of course, the ice comes out early. Yeah, minute it Although melts. I think 
from what we've seen so far in Farmer's Almanac and stuff, it's <laughs> maybe she might be late starting. Yeah, I hope not because any later and that's uh, definitely. She's pushing her luck for finishing up and she in doesn't want to finish up in January. It's just way too cold. Yeah, yeah. So we'll uh, keep our eyes open. So let's take a quick break here. And uh, yeah, as discussed earlier, we'll, we'll chat a little bit about some stand-up paddle boards here. You are listening to Paddling Adventures Radio on Reno Viola Outdoors. Do you enjoy getting on the water with a paddle in your hand? If so, this show's for you. Listen to Paddling Adventures Radio every Wednesday at 6 a.m. and 6 p.m. and see what's happening in the world of paddle sports. Paddling Adventures Radio. Whether you're close to home or far away, grab a paddle and get on the water. This portion of the show is brought to you by Algonquin Outfitters. Algonquin Outfitters providing quality Algonquin Park backcountry adventures for the entire family since 1961. Whether you want to get on the water for a day or a week, the friendly staff at Algonquin Outfitters can help you out. Find them online at algonquinoutfitters.com or visit one of their 12 locations. Algonquin Outfitters, your outdoor adventure store, with locations in Algonquin Park, Muskoka, and Halliburton. So I was talking... Uh, to a couple people and doing a bit of research. And like I say, we talk a lot about the kayaks and the canoeing, especially the canoe tripping, because we're, that's our main, main thing that we do, the two of us do. Um, but some people were asking about paddle boards. So I started checking out, you know, doing some research on stand up paddle boards because we've done the, what do you look for in a new canoe? What do you look for? You know, that sort of deal. So what do you look for in a new stand up paddle board? (laughs) <laughs> and, and this would be interesting for even us because uh, <clears throat> we've actually talked about this a few times on the show, but we've never tried them out. And I mean, yeah, we were supposed to try them out this past summer, but... Uh, we need to get off our, our butts and uh, and uh, talk just, from experience. We just need to tell people to leave us alone and let us do our own, <laughs> <laughs> do our own thing. We got stuff to do here. Unfortunately, there's limited time, you know, we can't do everything, but, uh, Sorry, I, I can't come into work today. <laughs> <laughs> I got things to do. I've got to test out a paddle board. <laughs> no, but we should, uh, next summer we should commit to, uh, testing out some paddle boards so we can talk with a little bit of authority here. Well, I know I, we had talked about, there was the, uh, up by Barry. Yeah. There was the girl that does the paddle board lessons, introductory yes. paddle board lessons. I told you to get up there and try it out. And then I think you ended up going camping or something. Yes. <laughs> Next spring, I'm going to schedule us both in for some paddleboard yoga. No, no, I'm yoga. going to do the paddleboard. Yeah, you're going paddleboard to do the yoga. yoga. <laughs> I'm going to do the other thing. Because you know what? I'm going to be doing, okay, do downward dog. Yeah, my downward dog is going to be me flipping off a paddleboard. <laughs> downward drowning dog is what it's going to be. Well, looking at some of the data here, I guess you'd want to have a, uh, a what is it? A planing hull paddleboard. Yeah, the, the, I've been doing some, checking out some things here and come up with this stuff. Basically, the describing the paddle boards and what what you need to look for and um, the hull types. There's there's two types of hulls that you want. Yeah. So a if planing you want, hull. Yeah. If you want the stability for paddleboard yoga, you want a planing hull. That's what I want. It's flat and wide. Yeah. Similar to a surfboard, designed to ride on top of the water. Um, it's a great beginner paddle board. Yes. Count me in there. And if you want to cruise or race a or get some distance, hull. displacement hulls. Now, uh, if you think of a planing hull, it just looks like a big, wide, flat sausage. Yep. But a planing or a displacement hull is more like a speedboat type of kayak shape. Kayak shape. Yeah, kayak Canoe shape. shape. Pointy yes. front. Yeah. Right? Um, so those are more of the sport, like the displacement hull is more of the sport or if you want to race, you want to get some distance, you want to cover some distance, it's like the displacement hull. But if you're a beginner, if you're starting out or if you need some stability, if you're going to do yoga or whatever, then it's a planning hull that you want. Yeah. Displacement hulls are a lot tippier as well. Yeah. And they talk about, you know, there's, there's no one type design size that fits all. So you kind of, it, it's one of those things. It's like anybody who's into mountain biking, you're, you're going to have like, you know, maybe four or five bikes if you're really into it. Or you're going to have one generic bike that does it all if you're only a weekend uh, mountain biker type thing, right? Or it's same thing with like canoes or kayaks. There's so many different things to cover so many different areas. So you have to, 
either pick one that fits it all or you're going to commit to the fact that well i'm going to have like three different paddle boards i want to race i want to do yoga i want to whatever right yeah yeah and, and you you hit it on the the nail on the head there when it comes to kayaks i mean do you want to do sea kayaking do you want to do freestyle you know in the rapids and all yeah. that sort of stuff doing little tricks and you know yeah, and, not the same not the same kayak and with kayaks there's there's nothing more diverse than kayaks canoes are pretty much plain jane paddle boards you got a little bit more diversity kayaks you have a huge ream of differences. You can have a, a sit on top, like for fishing. You can have a sea kayak for doing long distances in open water. Or you can have a closed short uh, hull kayak for doing uh, tight areas. Or, or a very short one for play boating in white water. Mm-hmm. That, that's where your diversity comes up. But anyways, back to paddle boards. There's or, two types. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, the other thing <clears throat> you need to look at is... The volume and weight capacity. That's yeah, pretty simple. It depends on your body type and whatever. Yeah, the short board can have a high volume if it's wide and thick, and a long board can have a low volume if it's narrow and thin. It means a person weighing 200 pounds who wants to ride their paddle board in surf will look for a short, maneuverable board with a high volume. Um, so yeah, there's, you know, vol- volume really plays a big part of that. The weight. Um, yeah, knowing, big boned. Yeah, big boned. Knowing weight capacity is important because if you're too heavy for the board, you will ride lower in the water and be difficult to paddle. Yes. Which makes sense. Exactly. You know, you don't want something that's not going to hold your weight. I mean, that's the same with, with any um, watercraft. You know, you got to choose the weight one that'll hold your weight or or you're, yeah, you're not going anywhere except sinking. Yeah. And if you're into... Canoeing and kayaking, you know about boat lengths, and you know how about boat lengths respond to paddling. Same thing for stand-up paddle boards. Yeah. Uh, you want to ride the waves in the ocean and racing on a calm lake. Very different styles of paddle boarding require different lengths of boards. Uh, short boards are great for surfing. That's Those are under nine feet in yeah. length. And that's like, you're going to have quick response. You're going to be able to surf. You're going to be able to cut your paddle in and, and, and track well on a, on a wave uh, on the lake or on the ocean. That's where you need the short response of. Yeah. You know, and when I, when I hear paddle boards and then I hear surfing, I, I really don't connect the two because surfing to me doesn't require a paddle. Yes. But when you start looking on the internet and the videos and stuff, they're actually using the paddle like basically as a rudder. It's significant. Yeah. yeah. You you see them like there's there's a lot of ruddering going on and uh, reaching and, and turning into the waves. It's it's um, anybody who's a purist who likes surfing are, are going to poo-poo the fact that you're using a paddle. But like, hey, to, to who, you choose your own sport, right? You, you do what you want. Well, that's like people with canoes. They see people now using the double blades. Yes, yeah. Like, what are you doing? Oh, look at it's him. It's not a kayak. That's a canoe. Paddle with a canoe. Yeah. What, are you, doing? what are you doing, buddy? Yeah, <laughs> come on, pick a sport. <laughs> okay, so short boards under nine feet, great yeah. for surfing. Medium boards nine to twelve feet. That's like the SUV of cars. It that's your everything. your your all around use. Yeah. Calm lakes and the surf, um, which I think is what a lot of people would get into. Um, then you got the long boards, 12.6 to 14 feet. Those and are that's long. that's a big one. Yeah. That's long. And that's, that's where you're talking about drag racing and, and touring, where you're just going for long periods of time. You need the inertia of a big board where you, you're paddling less and coasting more. Mm-hmm. And... Oh, that's, that's a mighty big board. Isn't it? 14 yeah. foot paddleboard. That's incredible. Well, and that's, uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, trying to put that somewhere. You can imagine well, I mean, carrying that. You got a canoe, I guess. It's 15 but a canoe feet, was but... easy to because you can put a canoe over your head, but a paddleboard you have to carry under your arm or mm-hmm. over your shoulder. You can't just carry it on your head. Or get somebody else to carry it for you. You'd need two people for yeah. a 14 foot paddleboard. Yeah, or one Sherpa. You could have a whole family on a 14 foot paddleboard. Yeah. Everybody standing up. <laughs> <laughs> as long as I'm not paddling. Um, the last measurement wise thing on here is the width. Yes. Right, that's that's, and that's where the stability or for the uh, the maneuverability comes in. Like the wider, the flatter board, like you're talking a very stable platform. If you're if you're going to be doing like again getting back to the yoga, or if you're going to be like just uh, like a, a day trip, or 
whatever. Then you want stability, especially if you're in rougher water or whatever. Yeah, and with the wider boards, which they indicate is 31 inches Plus. up to about 36. Yeah. 36 inches seems to be the, the, the widest as they go. Yes. But when you're looking at something over there, like those wider ones, you're looking at a, a, a slower um, a slower board. Yeah. So, you, yeah, you're not going anywhere really fast, yes. right? Yeah. Below 30, like 29 to 30 inches, those are the narrow boards, and they're faster. Yes. Uh, but. You're pushing less water. They're tippier, the too. Yes, they're they're tippier, but they give you that speed, the uh, the speed over water, the, that uh, the uh, the length over water for like common calculation for ships and for top speeds and stuff like that. You're talking it's faster. And so if you're going to be racing or if you want to do great distances, mm-hmm. I think just from what I've been reading and and seeing, I think a lot of people probably end up with two paddle You'd boards. You'd have to. You'd have to. You have you? to start out with your stable narrow or to so your wider on. one yeah you're learning with its training wheels for all intents exactly. and purposes yeah. you know probably something cheap that you buy like your local store yes you know nothing too expensive just to get you into it maybe rent it a few times or something and and, that and then eventually in, and that brings into the thing like for core materials like a polyurethane foam where it's just a cheap foam for an entry-level board mm-hmm. and that's what you're going to start with and fiberglass that's flat what, wide yeah polyurethane and they're heavy they're like pigs in the water but they're good and stable right yeah i think that's uh yeah you got you got to have two at some point yes um but you know what bill mason when he did his his water walker film he says he loves doing the rapids but he loves doing nice calm rivers and yes you yeah. know so i gotta think it's the same for oh for absolutely the, the paddle board some yeah. days you want to get out and do a nice lazy long trip and yeah. other days you want to just book it and you hear about people nowadays it's like you hear about people like they just do calm lake travel and there's people you can actually take courses where you can do white water on a stand-up paddle board yeah that's which that's i think is weird, insane eh? yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, I I don't know how they keep their balance on that, yeah. man. Like, and some I'd be of those, over. Yeah, and and when we get back to core materials again, that's where it, like in a sport board or something, you have more of the hollow core materials where you save weight and increases performance, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, yeah, they got the EPS foam, which you say is foam core wrapped with fiberglass. Yeah, um, and that's a common type, right? Yeah. Uh, sometimes there's carbon fiber, and plastics are also used. Yeah. Uh, and again, that once you start getting to some stuff like that, you're dealing with the weight issues too. Yes. Hollow core. That's sort of a mid-range plastic boards have the hollow yeah. cores. Um, Actually, the hollow core is what the top end was. It'd be a hollow core with a sleek outline. It's it's mm-hmm. very light, very, it's uh, more rigid. It's, it responds more, right? Yeah. And then you get into the cheaper stuff, the polyurethane foam. It's Heavier. just heavy EPS foam, right? And those are like entry-level boards. Yes, that's an entry-level yeah. board. That's that's the pig on the water. Yeah. And then they've got inflatables, which... Um, I find that curious. Yeah. I guess that would be like cottage. No, not even a cottage. Not even like, a cottage. That would be like an apartment. In, yeah, if you like live a in a city. city. There you go. So, so you can put you the live, inflatable stand-up paddleboard next to your foldable yeah. canoe. If you're in a con, <laughs> yeah. If you're in a condo downtown Toronto, or you're a condo in Chicago, you want to go and do some paddleboarding in the harbor. There you go. I guess you have an inflatable. Yeah, very durable, light to carry, and easy to store. Yeah, it would be. Eh? Now, in all my research, one of the biggest things that they're they seem to be pointing out now is fins. Yes. Uh, fins add tracking and stability to a paddle board. So you get, a, well, the one thing they said, originally, paddle boards did not come with fins. Yeah. Right? You used, I guess, where your foot placements were to turn and stuff you like edging that. Edging and, yeah. and whatever. Sort of, I guess, like a canoe. sort of like a, uh, yeah, a canoe, but I was thinking a skateboard. Oh, okay, Back yeah. in the day, right? Exactly, you got to yeah. lean to one side yeah. or the other side, that yeah. sort of stuff. And then they added a fin. So you can get a large single fin. Um they place they say it's placed in a fin box secured with a nut and screw but it's a, just a channel the fin box is a channel that allows you to slide it back and forth yeah four and a half so yeah. it gives you if you want to make it more center line yeah <coughs> or center board then it's better turning better but it helps you track that's yeah and what they say is the closer your fin is attached to the nose of the board the faster it will ride moving the fin back will allow more stability. Oh, okay. 
right? So there's all placement about that. And they start getting into, I got a whole whack of paperwork on, on fins alone is becoming, I guess, sort of a new the, technology the technology sort of thing. Yeah. Of paddleboards, yeah. Yeah. Um, there's the three fin setup. It's straight tracking on flat water and offers good control in surf. Uh, then there's the race. Now I think I've seen three fins on like surfboards before. Yes. Right. So that makes sense. I think that's fairly common. Race fins, straighter, stiffer fins, best for downwind runs because they help longer boards, um, track easier and large wind waves or rolling swell. Yeah. And that makes sense because you can get like, even like, you know, from a canoe, like the wind or a wave can really kick you around. If you're in rougher water, it's kind of hard to track. Yeah. So you can see how the, the, it's, it's simple logic that the, uh, the technology just translates, right? Imagine being able to put a rudder or fin on a canoe for solo paddling. It would help. (laughs) I don't know if it would or not. I bored, I bored a friend's canoe once he had a, uh, cedar stripper and it had, uh, had to be almost an inch the depth of keel just the wooden keel that wrapped from no yeah. stem to stern and uh that thing if you took a side wind you could sail because that key, it was a square keel a square l- chunk of wood on the bottom and the wind take you on the side i was sailing down the lakes on these things it was it was the weirdest thing i just i was tacking and it was it was really neat just just because i I've done some sailing in the past, so I kind of was maneuvering it for the right tack for a stern wind and stuff like that. It was neat. It was really neat. Well, I don't know that I put a fin on a canoe, but <laughs> the last one they talk about here is fins for inflatables. Yes. They're flexible rubber fins attached to the board or detachable semi-rigid fr- fins that can be removed. Yeah. And of course, if it's inflatable, you want to be able to pack it decent. So. And I think a fin is really important on an inflatable because they're so light. They're going to respond so much worse for side winds and stuff like that for trackability. I think a fin on an inflatable will be very important. Yeah. So that's pretty much it when it comes to paddle boards. Yes. Um, there is some, you know, like I say, I think it, it depends if you want f- slow, calm water or fast. Yeah, you're, it's, it's really, a, and for anybody who who does paddle boarding, I, I think they, well, obviously we don't have any experience in it. We've just done research, but, uh, anybody going into the sport, I think these are some basics that you're going to be looking at. Anybody who's goes in and says, I'm going to buy a paddle board this year. These are the types of things that you're going to have to look at. You're going to have to consider to decide what your first board is. And I, I think ch- chances are, if you're not an elite sport person, then you're probably just going to get a wide, medium sized board. Something that's heavy. I would, I would think so. Yeah. I would think so. Um, you're not going to go super fast if you don't even know if you can do that. No, absolutely. And if you, you, if you got, not, yeah. if you got no balance whatsoever yeah. standing up, yes, you're not going for something that's going to be ripping you down rapids and. Chances are the first time you're on a paddleboard, you're not going to be entering a race. Yeah. I tried surfing once when I was in San Diego. Oh yeah? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Red belly, right? oh, it hurt. <laughs> so yeah, I, I think I'll, I'll be doing that. But like I say, the 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 technology that are now coming up for, with for fins alone yeah. is uh, definitely something to to look for. But while I was doing uh, the research on stand up paddle boards, and you know, I think yeah, I think next year we'll definitely. Well, even this winter, we did the show about paddling indoors. There's yeah. places in Toronto that. We'll do yes. indoor pet. We should do some yes. over the winter. We could do that. Yeah, there we go. Maybe we'll get a bunch of people together and we'll go do it. The current pool or the way, the, 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 uh, paddling current Down pool. Down in, in, in Hamilton, in, right? No, uh, St. Catharines area. St. Catharines. Ooh, that's yeah. too far. Yeah. No, it's not. No, it's not. <laughs> we'll hit the distilleries on the way. Oh, there you go. <laughs> but, uh, I was also checking things out and you know what would be really cool, I'm thinking, is cities with canals. And uh, three that came yes. to mind... Ottawa. Obviously, the right? Rideau Canal. Ottawa. Yes. And Amsterdam. Amsterdam has a lot of canal system. Does it? Yeah. And the last place, which is obvious, is Venice. Yes, of course. But the one thing about Venice is you are not allowed to rent or bring your own paddleboard unless you're with a Venetian. Huh. Because they are there. It's the laws there. 
they are there to teach you how to deal with approaching. Oh, okay. Now, my wife was in Venice a few years back and she says, you look at the boats going up and down the canal, how people don't crash crash is unbelievable. Well, what's so, the water like there? It must be dirty water. Would you want to fall in that water? No, no, not at all. <laughs> anyway, what are you going to do? So check out paddle boards. I think we're going to check it out this, uh, this winter. Yes. And uh, see what we can do. Maybe have some fun. And keep sending us in those letters. We look forward to hearing from everybody all the time. We do. We, do, we enjoy hearing from people about our show. If they have any uh, questions, queries, comments, and things they'd like to hear us talk about. Um, but yeah, we're going to, we're going to keep a track on Tracy Lynn Martin. Absolutely. And her world record attempt this, this spring. Yeah. And, um, I think this winter we're going to get out and do some indoor paddle boarding. Yes. Keep ourselves in shape and to give it a whirl. And And in the off season, we're going to try and bring you guys some more interviews. Mm Mm-hmm. We got a few of them lined up too. It's, uh, now's the time of year where everybody's starting to get out of the paddling. People have the time. Yeah. That's that's the big thing. So. Well, until next week, thanks for listening this week. Check out us, uh, our, our Instagram. Check us out on the web, paddlingadventuresradio.com. Check out our Facebook page at Paddling Radio, Pad- uh, Paddling Adventures Radio. Ooh, yeah, it's <laughs> Where been a long work week. again? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and again, thanks everybody. Until next week, I'm Sean Rowley. And I'm Derek Specht. We'll see you next time.